Hi guys, welcome to Musings of the Heart. It's your girl Elizabeth, aka that Niger Muse, welcoming you to another episode. How are you guys doing? <laughs> well, I'm doing great. Thank you for asking. Um, and today we're gonna go to our series about this debunking the myths of Christianity. This will be the second episode for that series, and today we're gonna talk about what does it even mean to be a Christian? You know, I've heard so many definitions to the word Christian from different people. I've heard um, atheists talk about Christians. I've heard people from other religions talk about the word Christian, and even people who are Christians. I've heard them talk about Christianity and everybody sometimes, they don't even say the same thing. So how come, um, where did the term Christianity come to, um, come from? Um, how did it come to be? And why are people called Christians today? Um, and what does it take to be a Christian? What does it mean to be a Christian? These are all the questions I, I am hoping to answer in this episode. As usual, I don't necessarily have like written down notes. The only thing I have down are like Bible verses. Um, so we're just, you know, dive in and let's see how it goes. Um, before we start, I just pray that God um, help us to know your word, to hear your word today and um teach us your truth um that's all we ask in today's podcast in jesus name amen amen so um when we look into the bible the word christianity does not just come out of thin air actually um christianity is a word used in the bible um and that's why sometimes when people say oh i'm religious i don't identify as a christian but they go on to say that they do believe in christ while that is true and that is somewhat okay um i personally identify as a christian i am a proud christian and I will explain why in a little bit. Um, like I said, the word Christian um, actually gets its root from the Bible itself. Um, and when we look into the book of Acts, chapter 11, verse 28, I think. Um, I'm going to try and open these Bible verses as quick as I humanly can. Acts eleven twenty-eight, and I'm going to read that. It says, so, and, yeah, and one of them named Agabus. Okay, well, that's not what I was looking for. So I'm going to go back to my notes and see. Um, I know it's in the book of Acts. Maybe not what I thought, but it's definitely in the book of Acts. So let's check 26. I think I'm a, I may have been looking for 26. Yep, Acts eleven twenty-six. Sorry about that, guys. And it says, And when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. For a whole year they met with the church and taught a great many people. And in Antioch, the disciples were first called Christians. So um, <clears throat> so prior to this event that happened in Antioch, there, they, the disciples, those who followed Jesus, they actually did not have an assigned name. So, um, and when we look at, I, I don't necessarily know much of the history, um, 
and the things that really surround the name but i know it's a name that was given to them because they were so different they were so set apart um and they were not necessarily liked so it was not a, like popular name <laughs> it was not like a fan name that they just you know decided to call themselves and stuff like that it was more of like uh yeah those christians that kind of a term like where do you just call people a certain word it wasn't necessarily derogatory but it was kind of like yeah you guys are different you guys maybe suck you guys are not cool so we're gonna call you christians and obviously christian comes from christ because these are disciples they're followers of christ so christian so christ-like um that was the name given to them and um there's a the, 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 that's that's the main reason why people are called christians even till today because from the time of the first disciples um in the book of acts as we can uh, as we've come to establish acts 11 26 um the disciples were called christians first in antioch and that's that term just stuck and we'll see later on that you know through the bible the the the, the term did stick and that's what um believers across the world wherever you are in the world as long as you're follower of christ um you're typically called a christian so now what does it take to be a christian um i've heard a lot i think a lot these are common things that many people say they say number one you have to be a good person number two you're born into a christian household number three you believe in jesus um and so many other you know things that i've heard but um we're just gonna tackle that and you know really what what it really takes to be the to be a christian according to the word of god um being a christian should be seen not just in the fact that you call yourself a christian but it's something that should be seen in the life that one lives um and then we'll look at um jesus because you know the term christian is gotten from being christ-like so how was christ-like christ was somebody who honored god in his words and his actions and his deed in his way of living his life on earth was lived primarily to fulfill god's will over his life so he came to live and die for our sins that was what god told him to do and he did just that he did not live for his own ambitions he did not live for his own selfish desires none of those things his will his desires aligned with god's and that's why he was able to live a life that was pleasing to god so there is that and now i'm gonna have us read first not first john but just regular john (laughs) john 1 verse 12 fastest fingers first fastest fingers first first. john 1 12 john 1 says 1 12 says but to all who receive him who believed in his name he gave the right to become children of god that's it so let's read that again to all who did receive him receive him to all who believed in his name believed in his name he gave the rights to become children of god um 
If we read verse 13, it says, We're born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. That is to let us know who actually are the people we call Christians. These are people who are born of God, who have now been given the rights to become children of God. And that's not because they were born from a certain lineage or they were born to Christian families. You know, it's because they believed and received him. And who is this him? We're talking about Jesus Christ. Um, when we look at the book of Acts chapter 4 verse 12, I'm really going to try my best to be fast so we don't make this super long. Acts 4 12 right Acts 4 12 says that and there is salvation in no one else for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved um the only name that that is required for our salvation is the name of jesus we cannot we don't have access to god except through his son jesus um we know the very popular verse that says for god so loved this world the world that he gave his only son jesus that whoever believes in him whoever believes in jesus will not perish but have eternal life and not only will the person not perish they become a christian they become christ-like in the way they live their lives because like i said being a christian is not just something you say you are it's something that we have to see in the way you behave by their fruits we shall know them and that is why there's a common misconception you know there's that myth that as long as you're doing good works you're a christian Eh, no because <laughs> let's ask ourselves who on earth is good oh you that you're listening to me are you a good person me that i'm talking am i a good person i'm not um i know you know people can say they're good people but i'm gonna ask you some questions um there are 10 commandments right have you in any way in any forms like disobeyed any of the 10 commandments you may think no you have not have you lied have you stolen have you coveted anybody's beer have you put anything in the place of god in your life these are questions you have to ask yourself to determine whether you're good or not and the question is absolutely nobody can claim to be good because the only person who is good (laughs) is jesus you know the only person who is able to fulfill that righteous demands of being a good person is jesus yes we have some good some good tendencies some people are naturally are more kind than others some people choose to make good decisions than other people but whoever no one can claim that they are inherently good because <laughs> just look into your thoughts that that's all i have to say look into your thoughts sometimes your thoughts be evil like you might be you might be acting you might be acting good but inside of you you're like god god like i just want to punch this person in the face this person is blah 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 blah. but you're smiling at the person so we know that no one is inherently good so if goodness is the um measuring stick for somebody becoming a christian then we know we've all failed we really have all failed also doing good works will not make you a christian and i know there's some um denominations and there's some um doctrines that treat that 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 encourage people to do good works that's not bad it's just when you make that as the qualifier for salvation that we get it wrong because god did not (laughs) say that anywhere um let's open our bible to the book of isaiah chapter 64 verse 6 and that's in 
the Old Testament, Isaiah 64, 6. <clears throat> all right, so let's read it. It says, we all have or we have all become like one who is unclean and all our righteous deeds are like a polluted garment. We all fade like a leaf. And our iniquities like the wind take us away. Now, that's where that's what it says about us as human beings, right? It says we have all become like one who is unclean. Because like I said, we can do good works from now till God comes. None of those good works is going to really, really, really grant you salvation and do you know why i think sometimes we don't necessarily even know why we need salvation why people need to be christians that's why sometimes we get it wrong um when god created the heavens and the earth in the beginning in genesis god created a perfect world the world was perfect he did that in seven days in six days he rested on the seven we all know the gist if you don't i would greatly recommend my blog um thatnigermuse.com i have a series i'm actually going through the bible i've taken a break um but i am going through the bible where i just you know go from genesis to revelations and just break things down so i talk about you know in the beginning i talk i talk about creation creation was perfect um god created man god created adam and gave him the task to you know work the garden to keep the garden to work um so god created us to work and he was doing this but god saw that you know something was not right Uh, of everything god has made everything else was good even the man was good but him being by himself in solitude was not good so what did god do god created a helper god created female um god created eve and joined them together that was the first marriage between man and woman um joined them together and they became one and god blessed them and told them to be fruitful and multiply he told them that they had access to everything in the garden because he placed them in the garden the garden of eden everything in the garden was good to do whatever you want with he said except you know the tree of the knowledge of good and evil please don't touch that tree because the day you touch the tree you will die that's all the lord said right let's confirm that let's go to genesis real quick okay i don't want people to say i'm making things up genesis okay genesis chapter 2 Genesis chapter 2, let's go to verse verse 16. Let's start from 15. 15. Okay, let me slowly rewind. Um, when God gave the rules, the rules um, about, you know, you have access to everything, just not to the tree of good, of knowledge of good and evil. This knowledge was to Adam before Eve came into this into the story. This knowledge was this instruction was given to Adam. So Genesis chapter 2 verse 16 says, And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, You may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. 
that's that was the instruction just one thing now we have more you know because sin has entered we have ten, the ten commandments and we have the, the the apostles and and the disciples in the later new testament with more things to edify us as children of god but then in the garden we only had one thing <laughs> just one thing don't eat of the fruit of a garden that's of a tree don't eat of the fruits of a tree that's it so you know god creates eve blesses them you know and leaves them to enjoy in the beauty of this garden in the marvelous works that he created and what happens the devil satan being mad and like it just satan is i don't know i don't even know how to like explain the devil but it's just a deceiver basically he he knows that you know god god already cast him down from heaven because he wanted to take god's place he wanted to take the glory that belonged to god and god alone so he was mad that he's the only one who he and his fallen angels are the only ones who are gonna be you know the recipients of god's wrath so he he wanted to create damage all right so he went to this garden and he went to eve he went to the woman i was like yo i heard something tell me did god really tell you you cannot eat of the tree of any and he said in verse verse one of chapter three he said to the woman did god actually say you shall not eat of any tree in the garden can you see how this man works can you see how the devil works like the devil knows for sure that was not what the the lord told them (laughs) he knows he knows it. God already gave them dominion. He already gave them power. He gave them all the trees in the garden to eat, to do whatever they wanted to um, do with them besides that one tree. So why would he ask that type of question? We'll see. So after he asked the question, the woman was like, no, you know, the Lord said we can't eat of the fruits of the tree of the garden. He just said we should not eat of the tree in the middle of the garden in fact not only sh- can we not eat it we shall not it doesn't even want us to touch because when we touch it we'll die so the serpent said to the woman but you will not die dun, 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 dun. now the woman is like huh you're telling me something else contrary to what i've heard you know and then the devil goes on to say, For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you'll be like God, knowing it good and evil. Tell me, why do, why do these people want to be like God? And even till today, why are we so obsessed with the idea of being like God? Why do we want to know all? Why do we want to be in charge? Why do we want to be omniscience? Why do we want to be, you know, in control? Because this is what messed us up in the first place. This is literally what messed us up in the first place. And the devil knew. That's why he brought that up. He was like, yes, you'll be like God. Because that's what he did. He wanted to be like God. And he fell. He he, he, he wanted to stop God's authority. And that was why he was cast down. Because nobody, absolutely nobody can be like God. Period. Everybody, everything will fall. Everything will fail that's just the truth of it whoever thinks he's bigger than god or that is god god typically you know brings them down pride goes bright pride will make you fall it's only the humble that the god exalts so um that's how you know 
Eve added a jara about Eve added more to God's law about you know don't touch God never said they should not touch all he said was they should not eat so the devil was able to use that to lure um to lure Eve because when she looked at the fruits after what she heard that she could be like God and know all these things and have the knowledge of good and evil who cares the Lord already made everything so perfect why why would you want to know something and even if you wanted to why don't you just ask the one who created you that yo i want to be like you how can i be like like why are you getting advice from somebody else from some random person that you shh i still don't get it but anyways eve listened she looked she saw it was good to the eyes she touched it nothing happened remember she said god said they should not touch it or eat it because if you touch it and you eat it then you die she touched it she sees she's not dead she's not dying guess what she does she eats it and then she gives it to adam one would think adam would be like yo you remember god says we should not eat this thing blah, 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 blah. nothing like that happens so they both eat it and the sin and sin entered into the world their eyes were open they were exposed to that knowledge that they so wanted they now have knowledge of good and evil so we are not inherently good we just have knowledge of good and evil only god is good period so now these people and the thing about man is now that we have the knowledge of good and evil you would think oh yeah we're gonna always choose to do good because we know that evil is evil but that's the opposite of what we see happening around us the world is just full of so much evil so much opposition to god so much opposition to the things of god because we just naturally are now sinful from the fall of adam and eve in the garden of eden so nothing we do honestly absolutely nothing we do can make us good inherently and that is why we need salvation because god saw all of this and even in the curse that he gave to man he put a promise for redemption through jesus he said that that there will come a son who will crush the head of the serpent and that we'll see in genesis chapter 3 verse 15 when it was cursing the serpent it says i will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring you shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel right so it's saying right here that at some point the enemy will bruise no jesus will bruise the head of the of the devil so there's that promise hidden even in the in the curses that god put on mankind so that's why we cannot save ourselves we need somebody to save us and god in jesus gives us that when he came born as a human being right because somebody has to pay the somebody has to pay for the sins of mankind i've heard people ask questions like so why can't we just go to heaven why can't god just close his eyes because god is inherently good he cannot forbear evil he cannot like he cannot 
maybe forbear is not the word he cannot see evil he cannot be tempted by evil he doesn't want anything to do with evil and after we sinned we became just like dirt we became sinful we're not somebody that could come to god because now we are stained by sin we needed somebody who would pay for all that uh, all the sins from the, from the point of adam and eve from that sin all the way till god knows when we, we needed something to pay for it so god you know there was substitution of using animal blood in the old testament during the time of the israelites but that still wasn't enough there had to be the perfect sacrifice and jesus offered himself up jesus is god and he came in the form of flesh in the form of flesh in the new testament he lived as we humans lived having the same desires he was hungry he was tempted by the devil just like Eve and Adam were, but he did not fall. He did not fall to the bait of the enemy. He lived a perfect life. He lived his life to honor God. He lived his life to do the will of God and God alone. So when he was time to pick up his cross, he willingly did. You know, his flesh came in. His his his, his fleshly desires not to go through that pain came in and he, he prayed even in in that time he was like god can you please take this cup away but still i still want your will to be done he still surrendered to god and he died on the cross for the sins of mankind because he did not commit any sin he lived a perfect life yet he died a humiliating death so that that way he could his blood could be shed on the cross of Calvary for our sins. And now we have access back to God. Not because of what we can do. Or not because of what anything that we have done or will do. But just because of the precious blood of Jesus on the cross of Calvary. That is shed for our sins. Now we have access back to God. Because now we are seen as righteous. Through the blood of Jesus. Not because of anything we've done. And he resurrected. He rose again. Death did not conquer him. He conquered death. He conquered the enemy. Now he has given us that power. Not only to be children of God. But to walk in light of the life he lived on earth. That's why the Bible says be perfect for your God. For I am perfect. For God is perfect. We now walk in light of the way Jesus walked. Because he was perfect. Yeah? So now when we do the good works, it's not because we're trying to earn salvation. We do good works because we've been given salvation. Salvation is a free gift. It's a gift that was given by God to mankind to reconcile us back in relationship with him. So now we can call ourselves children of God. We're going back to that, that verse that we read in the book of John. John 1.12. We now recognize we're now children of God because we believed in Jesus, the one, the perfect sacrifice. We believed in him and now we've been reconciled back to God to be called children of God, to be called hearers. So being a Christian means that you are changed 
on the inside you're not controlled from the outside your heart has been changed by the presence of god there's a regeneration that has taken place there's an actual change a natural desire to be like jesus to also lay down your wants to lay down your desires to lay everything down and be like god your will be done to do what god wants and what god says it's never about us doing good works it's not about us doing good good works that's why we cannot checklist. <laughs> we cannot checklist Christianity. Christianity is not about going to church regularly. It's not a checklist of good deeds or things that we've done or things that we, you know, how people be like, okay, I want to be good today. I don't want to lie. I don't want to lust after my coworker. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. Check, 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 check. It's not even about going to church regularly. It's not about tithing. It's not about your high moral values. It's not even about evangelizing. It's not about telling other people about Jesus. It's not about living in your so-called Christian nation. I know there was a time America was known as the the, the, the country that served God. I mean, now <laughs> America has to say that that's not the case but you know it's not about that it's not even about being born to a christian home it's not about being a good person it's not about serving the less fortunate it's not about any of these things while all of these things are good don't get me wrong they are good things to do but none of this is what makes you a christian being a christian means you're born again the, the, the word comes up born again right when we look at the book of john chapter 3 John chapter 3, verse 3. This was a time when Nicodemus, a, a ruler, this is a teacher of the law. This is, you know, one of those people that were highly respected in those days. The person went to Jesus because he knows that this there's something different about this man. So he goes to Jesus and is like, teacher, I know that you're a teacher from God. For no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. And Jesus tells him, Verily, verily, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And what does being born again mean? Being born again means surrendering your life to Jesus, accepting Jesus as your savior, somebody who is saving you from yourself, saving you from sin, saving you from the lies and the deceit of the devil, and saving you to become a child of God, and also accepting, accepting him as your Lord, not just as your savior now. Yes, he saved you. It will continue to save you, but now he's your Lord. That means you're a loyal subject to him because he's your Lord, he's your king, he's your ruler. Some people are so quick to accept Jesus, but they don't want him to be their Lord. He will be your Lord if you did really, truly, and fully accept him. Because now your life does not belong to you. He's paid the price for your life. He's paid the price for your sins. Your life no longer belongs to you. You now live to be like him. So that's what it means to be born again. And that's what gives you access to the kingdom of God. Right? And even when we look at verse 7, it says, Do not marvel when I say to you, you must be born again. Don't marvel at it. Because that's the only way to the kingdom of God. 
And I know so many people, they're like, yeah, sure, that means I don't want to be in the kingdom of God if all of this... Um, things gotta be in place but the thing is salvation is a free gift however it's conditional it is conditional on the you there's a condition not good works not being a good person none of that the only condition is that you accept jesus as your lord and savior that's the only condition once that is fulfilled salvation is a free gift and now it's about living our lives to please the lord doing those good works as a result of the salvation you've been given not to earn that salvation because trust me you can never earn it (laughs) so many people have tried to people even wanted to pay for it in the bible that's not the way to get it you'll never get it that way after we become Christians, then we live a life of obedience. We live a life of seeking God's will out on a daily basis. We live a life of getting to know the Lord. And how do we do that? We grow in relationship with Him by reading His Word. His Word becomes our manual for life, the Bible. This is the Word that God has granted, graciously granted us on earth. So we're not just left on our own, left to our own whims. Now we have His Word to daily guide us to daily help us to be like him to be that christian that is called us to be to be the ambassador for him to daily surrender to daily live a life that that is full of love that is full of truth that is full of grace when we grow in our relationship for Christ daily, we allow the Holy Spirit to transform our lives, to transform our hearts, so we can know God, so we can enjoy God, so we can love Him and grow in Him by grace. This is all it is to be a Christian. No other requirements. No other requirements. And may I... May, it, 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 it's hard to say this, but we have to be willing to to look around us and i really ask ourselves who really is a good person who can truly say they're good even the best person on earth would not claim to be good because we are inherently inherently not good we're bad we're sinful our hearts we just need to look even into our hearts our thoughts to see how evil we are and now we look at you know on the scale of morality some people are very bad some people are slightly bad some people you know you we think about them we're like yeah those are good people even the good people are not good in the sight of god because he's inherently good and we're not we now have the knowledge of good and evil in us and our sinful nature typically goes towards the evil <laughs> that's why jesus is needed and that's why is the only requirement to being a christian and being born again and becoming a child of god so i pray that as you listen to me and as you realize that no one can come to the father except through jesus that you desire to come to jesus to come to god through jesus that you confess of your sins that you ask god for mercy you pray to him and you surrender your life to him because he loves you and he wants he wants you to also share of this of this good news of this great news of this free gift of salvation that is given unto us 
I pray all of this. And I want to employ you, my brother, my sister. <laughs> it's not so late, but it could be late at some point. Surrender your life to Christ, for the kingdom of God is at nigh. The Lord bless you.